Welcome into the next episode of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Anna Van Adel. And in this episode, we are going to talk about the NBA playoffs, kind of give them an update. Uh, they are now at the conference finals portion for the Eastern and the Western Conference. And we are going to also recap what happened in the previous round and the semifinal round. Just give a brief overview there. Not going to spend too much time on that, given that it already happened. Uh, and a lot of you listeners, pretty much everybody knows what happened. Uh, but do do want to uh, talk about it because we didn't get it, haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. So uh, want to give Mark and I's thoughts there. Uh, Mark Trunk joined me for another edition. Uh, great to have him as always. Um, and in that, but uh, without further ado, getting right into it, we want to focus on the last round for the Bucks. So they defeated the Nets in seven games, 4-3 series win. And I just want to first talk about how the Bucks had to deal with a lot of adversity in the series. They were down... Oh, two, and then they climbed back. They tied it at two, and then after game five, they lost. They're down three, two. So then they had it where game six, if they won, they continued to play a game seven, or if they lost, they were done. Well, game six at home at Fiserv, great Milwaukee crowd brought it in the Deer District. They brought it, and one of the best, in my opinion, home courts. In the NBA, obviously, every team in the playoffs, especially when it comes to that time of year, each and every team brings it very well as far as having a great vocal, loud crowd. Uh, And now that we're kind of getting back to almost normalcy with COVID and and increasing those, those levels of capacity where they allow, we're slowly but surely getting back to 100% capacity. So it's having more and more fans infiltrate those arenas and make a lot of noise, which can be an added element. Uh, not only the, the play on the court is ultimately what makes it what happens, but also the fans, and, and that definitely makes an impact. So I just want to say, Bucks, great job overcoming adversity. Pretty much every team in the playoffs has to overcome adversity, but the Bucks, especially against the team, granted they didn't have – Kyrie Irving for pretty much all of the series, except except for a little bit when they had him. Same with James. I mean, they had James Harden, but he was kind of hobbled, I think you could say. And they really only had Kevin Durant. Now, Kevin Durant, just him. Like, he's an incredible talent. And I know, Mark, you, me, me and another, um, actually my brother, Nate, uh, we were talking about how, Kevin Durant is probably the best scorer in the league right now, and maybe close to the best scorer in NBA history. Obviously, it you know when you have it go where it's expanded conversation, you you get back to the years and with Michael Jordan and all that. So you have to expand the conversation and talk about best scorers, and it does get kind of a little bit where people are going to say, "Oh, this score was better," whatever. But if he's not the best scorer in NBA history, he's close to it. Like, he's seven feet, 
And when he jumps, he jumps at least five feet. So he's essentially seven five when he takes a jump shot. And he's can put up 40 at least in a game for sure, if not 50. And he is so efficient and such a smart player. He's in his late 20s, I think. So he's still got a lot of really good basketball in him. Maybe he's in his early 30s by now. I think maybe 31. But still, he's going to play a, still a long time still. Has had a great career so far. And he makes it tough on defenses. And the Bucks had to deal with them all series. And they did a good job. They put P.J. Tucker on him. They put Giannis on him. They they switched off who, who, who they had guard him. And, yes, Kevin Durant went off. But the Bucs did the best that they could against him. And that's what every team that plays Kevin Durant has to do. You just have to do the best you can. So a lot of people doubted him. A lot of people said, hey, Brooklyn's going to win. Brooklyn's going to win. Bucks said, no, we're going to get it done. They went to the Nets. Game seven, the Bucks were a three seed. The Nets were a two seed. The Nets just slightly edged him out in the regular season to get a two seed so that way game seven, if there wasn't game seven, it would be at the Nets. The Bucks went on the road, got it done, and now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. And now we're going to get to it a little bit, but now they're going to play the Hawks with a real opportunity. Granted, the Hawks are legit. They're really good in their own right. They're a five seed, but they can score it. They're a long athletic team. They can pose problems for the Bucks. But before we talk about it later in the episode of the podcast, I'll very early say I think that the Bucs can win the series. They're the better team. Plus, they have home court. But we'll see what happens. But those are kind of my thoughts, Mark, on the Bucs series against the Nets. And I just want to give the ultra props to also Mike Budenholzer. Mike Budenholzer, a lot of people have been talking about, oh, are they going to get a new coach, whatever, in the media. A lot of, you know, fan fan chatter in the media has been, you know, Rick Carlisle recently got let go of his, or he basically resigned from the Mavericks. And a lot of people were saying, oh, if the Bucks lose to the Nets, will they, will they get Rick Carlisle? And, you know, basically saying, Bud, Coach Bud is not going to be with the team. And... When they hired Bud, I was a big fan. I really liked him. I still do like him, but I also know that in the playoffs, he does have limitations to a point. He's a really good regular season coach in the playoffs, does have limitations. Although this this year could change it all. He could win the title with the Bucs. Hopefully that would happen because we're Bucs fans, and we would love to see that happen. But you also have to give Coach Bud credit. I mean, obviously coaches don't listen to outside noise, but that was definitely there, and he did a nice job coaching his team and, and and doing things in the coaching seat. Now, obviously, the players dictate what happens in the result of the game, but the coaching matters to a point, and Coach Bud did a nice job kind of ignoring all that noise and saying, hey, our season's not over. We're going to keep fighting, and now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I I agree with a lot of what you said, Adam. And uh, yeah, the Bucks. I you know when they were down 0-2, I honestly didn't think they were going to win the series. Um, it really took a whole team effort. You know, everybody from Giannis to all the way to some of their bench guys coming up big and clutch moments. Uh, but game three, I mean, the Bucks could 
not do anything offensively, but they play great defense, so they got a win there. Uh, game four, they, I believe that was on a Sunday a few weeks ago, they pulled away after Kyrie Irving got injured. And then game five, fortunately, we don't have to ever <laughs> think about that game again after what happened, after they blew that huge lead. Unfortunately, they're just, we're not doing anything offensively. And Kevin Durant, you know, he's going he's gonna to get his. And, he did, and um, that forced the Bucks to win Game Six and Game Seven, and they had huge performances from Chris Middleton and Giannis in Game Six, and then a couple of clutch baskets in Game Seven. You could tell um, everybody was super tired at the end of that game. Like the, it, every shot was just, I think every basket was really hard to get, and the Bucks won despite not shooting well the series and despite being bad from free throws. So. They really overcame a lot, and yeah, uh, like I said, obviously the Nets didn't have their full players, but the Bucks didn't have, you know, DiVincenzo. So you play with who you got, and Bucks were able to get it done, fortunately. So that's why that's what I think about that one. Yeah, great thoughts there, uh, Mark. And I do want to talk about quickly the other series, the Hawks and the 76ers series before we get to the Western Conference side of the bracket in the NBA playoffs. But uh, the Hawks and the Sixers, that one went seven. And I think the NBA playoffs so far have has have delivered good basketball as it does every year. But I think a lot of early series in the playoffs were kind of maybe went shorter than expected. And a lot of quick series, I mean, some long series, but more more like, Series ending in five or or four or something like that, but this Eastern Conference semifinal round, it has brought it for the most part. It's gotten long series, which is what you want. I mean, I'm all about it. I'm all about getting as much basketball as possible. That's what you want to see. That's what I mean. TV networks want to see. They they want all that those viewers and and everything like that. So it, they've done a nice job there, and. I think that the Hawks really in the series against the Sixers did a really nice job. They were underdogs in the series. They weren't picked by a lot of people to get to the Eastern Conference Finals because they were a five seed. Now, the thing with the Hawks is they have been playing really well for the latter part of the regular season and into the playoffs. Nate McMillan took over for Lloyd Pierce after they did a coaching change of Lloyd Pierce early in the season. And the players have really done a nice job for Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan, obviously a longtime NBA coach, whether it's an assistant role or a head coach role. He used to be the head coach of the Pacers. Now he's the interim head coach of the Hawks, although I can't imagine him not being the coach of the Hawks next year just because – He's gotten them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, he's still technically an interim coach, and they might say, oh, well, we'll open it up at the end of the year to add coaching interviews, and he'll be a part of the process. We'll see what what we want to do because we want to pick our coach. But they might already have Nate McMillan as head coach. We'll see. A lot lot to go there uh, as far as that goes. But anyways, that's beside the point. I just want to talk about how Nate McMillan's done a nice job for the Hawks and really made an impression on those players. They have Trey Young, who's a young 
budding star. I mean, he's already, I think you could say a, a young star. He's not like close to it. He is a star. And uh, he can put up a bunch of points, a bunch of assists. Obviously played at Oklahoma in his college days, was a star there. And uh, really one of the younger players in the, in the NBA that's amazing. And then they have Bogdan Bogdanovich. So storylines for this series with the Bucks will be Bogdan Bogdanovich, the close, or rather how close the Bucks came to acquiring Bogdan, and then the Hawks got him, and then the Mike Budenholzer storyline story of Coach Bud used to coach for the Hawks, now he's coaching against the Hawks. So that those will be two storylines that will get cranked up in the media. They probably already have and will continue to as we inch towards Wednesday's first game. And throughout the series, they'll probably still be there. But anyway, the Hawks did a nice job against the Sixers. The Sixers were the favorite in the series. But the Sixers, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, two nice players. Embiid's better than Simmons. He just is. Although Simmons is pretty good in his own right, although he does have limitations with shooting problems and as far as efficiency with that. But uh, overall, Simmons is, is a nice talent. I think we could safely say, but they just have been kind of really fighting for, you know, to, to be in that conversation in the Eastern conference is one of the top tier teams. I think that they are, but they're one of those teams that get so close, but they can't get over the hump. And they ran into a, a very hot Hawks team and uh, the Hawks won in game seven. And I, for one, didn't think that the Hawks were going to win game seven because Game seven was at Philadelphia. I thought that Philly was going to win. I thought their home crowd would get into it. And this really goes back to game six when they, or game five, it might have been when they blew a 25 point lead. And that was just, you know, the Bucks blew a lead in, in game five. I think it was a 17 or 18 point lead. And then the Sixers topped them and blew a 25 point lead. So, as Bucks fans, we were not happy the Bucks lost and blew that lead, but we didn't feel as bad because the the Sixers came back a few nights later and blew a bigger lead than what the Bucks had. So, Mark, what do you think about the Hawks' kind of unexpected rise all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals? And also, I do want to get your thoughts a little bit on the Sixers and kind of what you think about how they didn't get to where they wanted to get this year. Yeah, the Hawks kind of came from nowhere. Uh, last year, they didn't even make the playoffs. They made a lot of offseason additions, um, not just Bardanovich, but uh, Danilo Gallinari. They already had some good young players with uh, Trey Young and John Collins and uh, Kevin Herter. They they drafted well the last few years, so I give them credit. And I think the reason why the Hawks won that series against the Sixers, they just had better depth and more guys who were a threat out there. They had so the Hawks had six people average double figures in the series. The Sixers actually only had three. Sixers were really bad from the free throw line. Um, not just Ben Simmons, but other people. They just didn't have enough playmakers besides Joel Embiid, uh, the Sixers. And they blew a huge lead in game four, which they could have taken uh, a 3-1 lead if they had won it, but they, they kind of gave it away in the fourth quarter. And then... Uh, of course, they blew a huge lead in Game 5. And I kind of feel it was kind of strange. It seemed like maybe the Sixers were better off playing on the road because 
the Hawks just had their number in Philly, and I think the crowd, <laughs> we know Philly's kind of a harder harder place to play, and I think the crowd gets very frustrated, and the pressure might have might have gotten to the Sixers being at home, especially in Game 7. But yeah, Navy Mellon's been a, a great uh, a great breath of fresh air for the Hawks, and he's definitely improved their team a lot since he's been there, so should be a, a good uh, formidable matchup for the Bucks, but yeah, definitely a surprising how that turned out. Yeah, and before we move on to kind of expanding the conversation. I know I talked a little bit about the Hawks Bucks series, but we're going to get into a little bit more coming up here. I do want to say before we move on, just, I mean, I'm going to preface this by saying Ben Simmons, great talent. There's some things that he does that that's amazing. I mean, he's one of the better young players in the league. So I want to get that right out there, but a year ago, he signed a five-year, $167 million max extension to stay with the Sixers. And there's been a lot of rumblings in the media since they lost. Are they going to trade Ben Simmons? They might in the offseason. They might not. They've had the Ben Simmons and Bede centered top player run for a while. Can, can they win with those two? Can they really? Well, they can win with them in the regular season and mostly in the playoffs, but they can't win a title yet. And I just want to say th- that's a big contract that they gave Ben Simmons and they invested into him. And at the time, it's a it's a great move. And, I mean, it's not a horrible move, but in the latter moments of the playoff games this year, he wasn't even in the game because he's not that great of a shooter. And he's got free throw problems. He's got inefficiencies there. I mean – I just find that surprising, and I know that other people have talked about in that, but I just I think it's surprising too that uh, you know you give that player that amount of contract and they're not even in the game when it matters most and when you need a bucket. And again, great player, awesome. I'm, I'm not trying to downplay how, how good of a talent he is. He's very good, but that's just interesting to me. It's not surprising because in, the, in that situation, he's not a great shooter, so why why would he be out there? But I'm just saying that's that's kind of surprising. So, anyways, moving on to the Hawks-Bucks series. Wednesday night, game one. Bucks have home court. It'll be at Pfizer Forum. All games, I believe, are on TNT televised. And uh, it'll be at 7.30, I believe, is the start time. And getting all revved up and prepared for the series as Bucks fans. Bucks fans have had a lot of heartbreak in the past few years. So we want we want to keep the good vibes going as far as hopefully maybe chasing a title, although we they still have eight more games to win in order to do that. There's still a long way to go. They're halfway through. But I mentioned the storylines with Budenholzer earlier and with Bogdanovich earlier. I think that the Hawks are a long athletic team. They'll pose problems for the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks are a long team, too. They have Giannis, Brooke, Lopez, Chris Middleton. The list goes on and on. P.J. Tucker is a, a kind of do-it-all defender uh, that can defend multiple positions. And the Hawks shoot the ball really well. Like, they're, they're really good. They have a lot of good shooters. Kevin Herter. 
Gallinari, Bogdanovich, Trey Young, even John Collins. I'm kind of a underrated John Collins fan. I mean, I'm a Bucks fan first, but like of the other teams, players, I really like John Collins' game. And they have Clint Capella, who's a rebounding machine and can score it a little bit too. So it'll be a tough matchup. There is no doubt. The Hawks are a five seed. They're kind of playing the role that the Heat did last year of, you know, catching fire when it mattered most in that. So you could kind of compare the two teams as far as a little bit of a comparison with both teams are a five seed. They're getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, hopefully it's not like the Heat last year where the Hawks get to the finals as a five seed. Hopefully the Bucks squash that and, and get to the finals. But, uh, yeah, it, it should be a fun one. Uh, Bucks have played a tighter bench, and that's what happens typically in playoff time. And Budenholzer's really had it where it's a, a tighter bench. Maybe he goes, Pat Connaughton goes in there, and Bryn Forbes goes in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what they do. They play their five starters, and then they have, like, two or three guys come off the bench, and that's about it. And a surprising player that hasn't played really much in the playoffs for the Bucs has been Bobby Portis. He's one of their most efficient, really good scorers off the bench in the regular season. And he hasn't been out there. And a lot of people are asking why. Well, we don't know why, but I'm not going to question too much because, yeah, you want Bobby out there, but it's not like it's cost them getting – out of the playoffs and losing. So their run's still continuing. So it's still working to a point, you could say. So, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting with who the Bucks put out there. Um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do about, of course. I think they might use them a little bit more in this series just because the, the opponent is a bit different. And you'll probably see – maybe even especially in game one and game two, the bench gets some more minutes just because the starters played like the whole game, pretty much game five, game six, game seven, the, those are the games that the Bucks had to put it all out there. Uh, but yeah, the Bucks do have a lot of good, like versatile defenders to give the Hawks problems. I mean, we, we know Trey Young is really good offensively. He's still going to get his numbers, but Drew Holiday was pretty successful guarding him in the regular season. And then they can, the Bucks can put, um, Middleton on Bogdanovich and some of the other wing guys. And then obviously Giannis kind of rotate around whoever they need him to guard. But the Hawks are more of an offensive team than a defensive team. So, you know, like we talked about before, shooting, it's, some people call it a make or miss league. It's going to, I think the three-point shooting for both teams is going to be very important. The Bucks. Uh, last series against the Nets, for whatever reason, they just really struggled from three. And you're going to want to see them shoot a little bit better this this round because the Hawks have more shooters than the Nets do. Obviously, they don't have uh, Duran, but they, they have more three-point threats than the Hawks. Or the, the Hawks have more three-point threats than the Nets do. But, yeah, I think the Bucks should win this series. Um Hopefully in five or six games, we'll, we'll have to see. I think having home court is really going to help them out. The Bucks have not lost at home this postseason, and it'll be nice for them to hopefully get a good start in the series. And, um, you know, I'm a little nervous about the Nate McMillan-Mike Budenholzer matchup. I think McMillan's 
been really good this postseason. Sometimes we love Coach Bud. <laughs> of course, sometimes there's has some questionable maybe decisions, but I just think the Bucks are more talented and the Hawks do not have anybody that can stop Giannis. Uh, so I think the Bucks should win this series, hopefully. And I can't believe I'm saying this, Adam, but I think there's a decent chance that we could see the Bucks in the NBA Finals for the first time in our lifetimes. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. That would be great. And that's kind of what it is for us Bucks fans. Is it's it's just getting to that point where 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 they get there, and it's for me, it's kind of where I don't get too ahead of myself because I know that in the playoffs, it's it's all where where, where it can it's either going to happen or it's not, and and you don't want to get too ahead of yourself because you don't want that that heartbreak. You know, either way, you're going to be heartbroken, but. You don't want even more heartbreak than what you thought. So I'm just kind of going one game at a time, hoping that they can get it done, cautiously optimistic. But this may be the year. We'll see. So I do want to talk about the Western Conference end of the bracket as we round out another episode of Big A Sports Show. And we have about a few more minutes left here, Mark. Uh, kind of talk about the previous series in, in a few seconds, uh, maybe a minute, a couple minutes or whatever. But uh, recap that, and then we'll quickly talk about the the conference finals that are already started uh, for, for the Western Conference side of the bracket. Yeah, so first uh, with the Clippers and Jazz, the Clippers came down from O2 hole. They ended up winning the, next, uh, the last four games of that series. Give credit to Ty Lu. He made some adjustments as far as playing some smaller lineups and giving the Jazz a lot of problems with Rudy Gobert having to guard pretty much like point guards, shooting guards, and be out in the perimeter, which is not his strong suit. Reggie Jackson was huge for the Clippers off the bench after Kawhi, and Kawhi Leonard got hurt. And the Jazz defense was really surprising. They were one of the top-rated teams in the regular season defensively, but they really played bad against this Clippers team. So that was the story of that one. And then Suns and Nuggets, it seems like that series ended forever ago, but Suns swept them. The depth of the Suns really showed they had Chris Paul and Booker were amazing, and they also had guys like Crowder and Bridges making threes. And uh, DeAndre Ayton was really good. Overall, he played Jokic pretty tough, and he he did some scoring of his own. Denver just did not have enough help. Uh, besides Nikola Jokic, they obviously missed Jamal Murray, uh, Michael Porter Jr., their wing. I believe he's a small forward. He didn't have a great series, and Denver needs some more scoring threats for Jokic moving forward. But so, yeah, the Suns, to recap, the Clippers won 4 to 2 against the Jazz, Suns won 4 0 against the Nuggets. Then Mark, and then my uh, Western Conference thoughts. There was a game one yesterday. The Suns won that. There was, they got a big performance from Devin Booker. He really can get baskets wherever he wants. He's amazing offensively. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was pretty good. They did get some good uh, play from the, some of their bench guys like Crowder, um, Cameron Johnson. And Chris Paul is out currently due to the COVID-19 protocol, so we're not sure when he's going to return, but he's having a great ser- a great 
postseason already, so that'll be a big boost to the Suns. Clippers, you kind of expected them to maybe not win game one just because they only played like two days before that. The Suns had a huge rest. But Kawhi Leonard, you know, I don't know what's going on with the Clippers. They're being very mysterious as far as if Kawhi will return, what, what his injury is. They're not really telling anybody anything. But sounds like it might be an ACL injury and he might not be back for at least the first few games of the series. They're going to need Paul George to be amazing to keep up with the Suns, I think. And uh, they'll need, you know, Reggie Jackson, Nick Batum to play well. If I had a guess, I would say the Suns would win this series. It might go six or seven games, depending on um, you know, maybe maybe Kawhi Leonard does come back. But I think, uh, yeah, it should be a good long series, and these teams are pretty evenly matched, but it can just come down to, to who's more help. But I'll toss it over to you, Adam, to close it out. Yeah, so very quickly for me, uh, as we run out another episode of Big A Sports Show, Western Conference side of the bracket, good series. Uh, Nuggets had with the Suns. Uh, kind of a surprise that the Nuggets, I mean, I expected the Suns to win, but the Nuggets are a team that I expected more out of. Yeah, they didn't have Murray, but I just expected it to go longer than it was for a series. But anyway, and then the uh, Clippers-Jazz, really good series there. Uh, Jazz got close, but the Clippers overcame a lot with Kawhi injuring that. So, good series there. I, I expect this Western Conference series to go long. Uh, and Suns Clippers, I expect the Suns to win, uh, and I expect the Bucks to win in the East. So, I think Suns Bucks final should be both really good series uh, and really good NBA playoffs. So, this will. End it for another edition of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Manhandel. We will be back with more in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Again, have a great rest of your night.